Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, so we got a little bit of a response. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. We um, got a little bit of a response based on the suggestion that uh, Darnell Nurse wasn't a great skater. Anyhow, for what it's worth, you know what? That is the weirdest thing ever. Uh we had a texter suggest that uh, Nurse was not going to be that good of a player because he was challenged uh, skating-wise. Uh, here he goes. I know on the backhand, I know I'll take some heat for this, but I move uh, Nurse, and Nurse's footseat is concerning uh, because he cannot process the game. These texts came in. Here we go. Bob, please never read a text like this again uh, where the intelligence of the game of hockey apparently is so lower. Nurse, here's another text. SMH says, Bob, nurse's foot speed is an issue. Why are you even reading that idiot's text, Bob? Clearly, this individual knows nothing about hockey or doesn't watch hockey. Nurse is blinding fast. Texts like that make... one, uh, make your listeners sound stupid. I'm sure there are better ones worthy of discussion. And that text comes to us from SMH. We're going to bring in the big man, Louis DeBrusque, for NHL Hockey on Rogers at 1235 in Edmonton. Louis, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Bob? I'm kind of getting a chuckle out of that text as well because uh, I think people lose perspective sometimes on how fast these guys are on the ice and how well they can skate. And I was telling you earlier about a story back in the day when Jake was a youngster. I had him out at an outdoor rink here in Edmonton with a couple of his friends, and they were skating. And there was a couple guys out there playing as well in the shinny game. And I heard them talking, and the one guy said, you know, I could beat Eric Brewer, was the player that they were talking about. And he was like, yeah, I don't think he's very fast. I think I could beat him in a race. So I'd been playing with these guys for, I don't know, 45 minutes an hour. They didn't know who I was. And I kind of said, did you just say you think he could beat Eric Brewer in a race? And the guy was dead serious. He truly thought that he could. And uh, I said, Eric Brewer would destroy you backwards and you skating forwards. And trust me, I know this for a fact because I've been playing with you for an hour and I'm a, I'm a tough guy and I could destroy you. So they don't, I think people just don't realize sometimes how fast guys are skating out in the ice. And for Darnell Nurse, that's one of his strengths. He's a very strong skater. Um, so obviously someone's just a little disappointed with the way that he's been playing. Listen, I understand people are heated, but... You know, until you get out there and skate with these guys on the ice and understand how fast they're going, I'd hold that considering uh, trying to judge what kind of a talent in skating is. 
I used to get mad when I'd see Midget C kids try out for Claire Drake's teams at the U of A. Like, know your role, bud. I, I know you're going to the university, but if you don't realize that every player that's going to make an impact on those teams at that time were either major, junior, or, you know, back then when there was only 12 or 14 WHL teams, major, junior, or eight Alberta Junior Hockey League teams at that time, you, you're not making it if you're coming out of midget B. So understand the limitations in your game. Hey, hey, you know what? Be- the, only thing, the only thing that I would say is there might be someone that slipped through the cracks back then, you know, and that, that, that wasn't seen as much and maybe is, is a yep. great player and maybe a late three, ju- I'll give That's you like one three, in 100,000. You know, or one in five thousand, whatever number you want to put on three it. Junior B, three, three junior B players did. Junior B, not midget B. Yeah. Junior B or juvenile double A, as used to be known as back in the 80s. Uh, those uh, three players, here we go. Okay. Uh, Corey Cross yep. ended up playing in the NHL, late bloomer. Okay. Yep. Not bad. Dr. David Otto did not want to play junior A hockey. And so he played junior B because he wanted to focus on school as he went into university. Okay, go. and the third guy was Todd Goodwin. And Todd Good, I think you skated with Todd Goodwin, and he yep. could flat out fly. So, yeah, so it's, it was certainly an anomaly. There's no question for right. guys to. And there's two good reasons, or one good reason, because the guy didn't want to play major junior. Corey Cross, like you said, was a late bloomer, ended up having a terrific NHL career. And uh, Todd was just one of those guys that. You know, back in the day, maybe when, you know, size was looked at a little bit more. But you know what? He, those are a few guys that fell through the cracks, so to speak. I don't think that happens as much today because I think everybody gets gets seen now over yep. and over and over again. But no question, when I was coming up in a small town of Port Alga in Ontario, you know, if you weren't in the right place at the right time and the right people weren't watching you, you just didn't get seen. And that truly yep. did happen a lot. There just wasn't the number of, you know, scouts in the stands, um, secondary scouts, people that were working for teams, even as just you know some sort of an advisor, and watching particular games on behalf of organizations. That that didn't happen back then. Now it happens in every building, right from the time you're Adams and Peewees all the way up. All right, uh, a couple more texts so you'll find this interesting. Uh, the Don always listening says, "Bob, I'm a big Darnell Nurse fan. Good with gap control. Good on the wall. Tough in front. Uh, needs to work in his position in front and get pronger mean." Uh, this text comes in saying, Bob, uh, a reminder, I recall Darnell doing the fastest skate backwards one year at the skills competition. <laughs> exactly. And, and yeah. he's right. That's how much athleticism. Right? <laughs> I guarantee you he'd beat a lot of people skating forwards. It's amazing. We used to do a drill, you know, where we'd line up in the hash marks and the defenseman have to line up at the top of the circle. So what is that? Like a, what a seven, eight-foot gap that they, they would have. And it was a straight line rush. And it was, we used to do it in Phoenix. Bobby Francis used to do it with us all the time. And it was just to get number one in the morning, get your feet going, get pumped. So the four will go down the wall with the puck and take a shot. The defenseman had to skate backwards until they got to the far blue line. And they weren't allowed to challenge you until they got to that far blue line. So it was a gap control drill as well, too. It was to allow the defenseman to have that comfort trying to match a speed backwards instead of turning. Well, at the start of the year, we would blow the defenseman away. It just seemed like, you know, we were, we were faster than them. By the end of the year, though, you were lucky if you had a second to get a shot away before they were challenging you. They were, they were right there. And there were some guys that would beat you, that would actually match you speed for speed, and you'd have no chance of going by them. That's how fast they were skating backwards. 
Well, it was interesting, Louis, the other night because Carolina had Pesci and Slavin, and those both those guys can really skate. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, I use the term layering, the layering effect against McDavid because they had Stahl beating them in the face-off circle, and then and they had their two best offensive players, Tara Vinen and Sebastian Ajo with Stahl. So when they got puck position, they could make plays. And then if Connor got anything going, the two guys they had back defensively, Pesci and Slavin, could both really skate. But the problem with Bill Peters doing that is he got destroyed in the other three matchups during the game. You know, Drysaddle uh, carried the second line, and Pulley Arby carried the third line. He made a bunch of plays in that game as well. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's, that's the... I guess the problem that McDavid gives to the opposition if they're not a real deep team in the sense that they can match up multiple lines, you see what happens when you go up against teams like Anaheim, that's a very deep team, Los Angeles Kings that are a very deep team, the Nashville Predators. I mean, the better teams in the in, in the league and in the conference, they have that multiple layers of, of centermen and forwards that can do the job. Or they have a designated one. You know, we always see Kessler with Cogliano and Silverberg go up against... McDavid, the odd time gets left, we'll get out there against them, but they're both they're both capable of kind of handling it, especially if they have possession of the puck. Um, I, I'm starting to see a lot of teams double-team McDavid in the sense that they don't do it necessarily out of the gates where they shadow him. They just really are proactive when he gets the puck. They're, they're starting to converge on him. And a lot of times when he gets into the offensive zone, by the time he gets there, because the defenseman has such a large gap against him now, the back pressure is so strong, and plus, even the back pressure guys are not getting caught. They're staying above him anyway. Uh, he's having to go through two and three people at a time, and he still manages to create opportunities out of nothing, which is which is pretty incredible. Well, Louis, uh, he's, and we've mentioned this repeatedly on the show over the last three weeks, Connor McDavid is leading the NHL in even-strength scoring. He actually has 10 more even-strength points than any other player in the league. Kucherov is second. Last year, as an example, uh, McDavid led the league in even-strength scoring. Led the league in scoring, but he only had four more even strength points. So here's the thing. Yeah. I mean, touch wood, so far, McDavid, I mean, first year, missed 37 games. Obviously, uh, totally harpooned the Oilers season. But the last two years, he's been healthy. That's part of the frustration for the fans out there, Louie, is he has been terrific this year. But I have news for you. If he plays a full year, okay, and he's getting five to ten more points at even strength than anybody else, this type of year is the lowest amount of point totals he's going to have. You want to know why? Because he's not making anything happen on the power play. The Oilers power plays 31st, and the Oilers aren't scoring off of uh, face-off wins, which for some players is anywhere from four to eight points a year. So there's actually, even though he's made these tremendous strides shooting the puck, there is a higher ceiling to his game as he becomes an elite power play quarterback uh, and I'm not saying as the point man, I'm just saying as the guy that runs the power play, he's going to get better in that area, and he's going to get better on face-offs over time because these type of players always do. Well, and the team as a whole will get better on face-offs. I know we, you know, being a winger, I, I, I want a lot of face-offs for my centermen. You know, and I lost some face-offs for my centermen. It's not just up to the centermen to win those draws. And I think we overlooked that a little too much. If a centerman goes in there and does their job and at least ties that puck up and 50-50s it, they need help. So who's getting in there and winning that battle is the question. And I, and I think as a whole, the team just needs to get better at that. And I do agree. I think you, you get into a stretch where you start winning more of those, it's more puck possession, it's more opportunities, especially in the offensive zone. 
you'll you'll manufacture some points off that. But the power play for me is the big one. And we did a graph, I think, a month ago, and Connor McDavid was first in five-on-five points at that time, too. So he's always been producing five-on-five, even strength. Uh, the power play struggling the way it struggled. There's no question that if the power play was hot and say even 14th in the league or 12th, 15th, 16th, that you can almost guarantee he's going to have a handful more points. So right now, I'll be leading the National Hockey League in scoring again. Yeah. Um, so it's an area that they certainly can improve on. It's going to it's going to start with the personnel they get to put on the power play. It's going to start with a mentality, a hunger a desire to get pucks to the net. I find a lot of times early in the season they were just really perimeter with their power play, and it just didn't really create too much. They were looking for that perfect play. And if you look at the good power plays, they overload you with chances. Those little wrist shots through traffic to a guy standing in front of the net, it seems like such a simple play, and why would you waste it? Teams score a ton of goals off of it. Just a wrister through traffic that gets to the person in front. Either it's redirected, there's an early rebound, there's a confusion and a, and a panic afterwards. People converge, and next thing you know, there's a backdoor pass and somebody's tapping in a puck. Um, that's where you can start to be creative is off that chaos. When you're trying to defend, you're just trying to get the puck out. When you're on the offense, you can pick people apart. And I think Edmonton has enough skilled guys to do that, but they're going to have to find a way to get that puck in there and find those second and third opportunities off of that just a little bit more. We've seen some stretches. We've seen some flashes. Um, we've seen Ethan Bear get a little bit of time back there. We're starting to see him mix and match the power play a little bit to try and find some different combinations. And it's got to be one of those things they eventually settle into and, and start to convert on. And it has to be a weapon in today's game uh, if you want to be successful. Quick couple texts here. You can text us on our Westlockport text line. Bob Stauffer, Louis DeBrusque with you on Oilers. Now, Bob, the Oilers had a player called Gretzky that played Junior B, just saying. Yes, but that's <laughs> Junior B at 15. That's not Junior B at, uh, at 18, 19. That's the point hey, I make. I'm not, we're not putting Junior B down here. I played for the Stratford College. Right. At, and how old were you when you played? It was one of my at, favorite years of hockey. I think I was 16 years old. There, the yeah. point I'm saying is when we're talking about guys that were 19 and 20 that are trying out for college teams. It's not, uh, or t- and you know what? For the, a lot of those teams, they can make it. So <laughs> that's your, you got to read between the lines. I guess i got to get more specific. Somebody's asking about a price point on Darnell Nurse, and I would bridge him on a two-year deal, and I look at Matt Dumba. I think he got two years off the top of my head. I thought it was $2.8 million per. Uh, Nurse is not, not going to put chance. up the, You would not bridge him? Or he would not get that low. If I'm Darnell Nurse, I wouldn't bridge myself, especially not at 2.8. For two years? I mean, he's not going to have the offensive numbers that uh, Dumba had, but he's played more minutes. He's played a lot. All you have to do is look at the matchups he's had this year, the amount that he's been on the ice for ice time. Take a look at Oscar Clefbaum. Take a look at... uh, Larson's contracts, that's where you're going to start with Darnell Nurse, in my opinion. Um, well, you're, now you're talking a seven-year deal, Louie. Well, I'm just saying per year. I'm saying on average. What is it, right around four? He's not going to get a bridge at $4 million a year, Louie. Those guys make $4.2 million on six- and seven-year deals, respectively. Well, what I'm saying to you is if he wants to, if he wants to sign long-term, that's the number I think you're starting at. And I think okay. for a guy yeah. like Darnell Nurse, that's probably the objective is to probably lock him up for a while. Why would you want to go back in yeah. two years? Potentially with a guy that continues to get better each and every year. I, I, I for All me, right. I think and, you want to lock him up. And the response would to that would be: There's always going to be. A, do you think? Okay, I'm going to. I'll throw it back your way. Do you okay. think he can develop? See, here's the thing with Larson. Uh, he is a very efficient, effective defensive defenseman. We can agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. 
is Darnell at right now? That's the one area that he needs to work on a little bit more, but there was a time at the start of the year that Tom McClellan said he was the most consistent defenseman on the ice. Yeah. And that was after 35 games? See, I think, games. You ha- I, I think you so, have to. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, he's still relatively young in his NHL career. He doesn't have the experience necessary that Clefbaum has, or Larson for that matter. Give him a couple more years once he really settles in. And what do they say, 300 games for a defenseman is when you really start to figure out what they are as defensemen. He's going to be, he's going to be really solid. He's going to be a great defenseman. So, I, I, I mean, for me, if I'm his camp, that's the way I'm looking at it as his agent and, and going forward. There's no question. I, I just don't see that getting done uh, at that number, at a short-term deal. Hey, uh, I gotta, you're going to get a check. That's just me. I could be totally wrong. You know what, if they can, great. But I just don't think it's going to happen. This text comes in and say, hey, Bob, I think you need to take it easy with your criticism of Yesapul Yarby. He's only 19, and he hardly gets any rope as is. Lay off the poor kid. What? Are people listening to the show? Louie, you have been there when we have our special meetings. Would you say I'm critical of Paul Yarby or perhaps effusive in my praise of where he can get to? Oh no! I think I think you're complimentary. Listen, if, if anything, it's constructive criticism. Right. We, we could have constructive criticism on every player on the team. Um, when you're in the position that they're at, that's all you're really going to get. You're going to get. There's certainly going to be some bashing, but you do not bash, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Paul Yarv. He's one of the players that you've kind of backed over the time. So, listen, he's shown flashes of a player that we expect him to be. I still don't think he's there. I still my think point, my, things well, that might, need to be yeah. worked on away from the puck. Uh, but you're, okay. starting, you're starting to see a guy start to figure it out a little bit and understand that just because you're big doesn't mean you can't move your feet. You have to use that size effectively. And in the National Hockey League, it's probably even harder because it's gotten really fast. So for him, he has to even work harder and move his feet faster to try and be quick in a very quick game. There's no question he has a strength. He has a shot. The processor, uh, hockey IQ, I think is still up in the air for me. I'd like to, like to see well, a little bit more of him that's... in that regard. Yep. But, but you know what? That's a young player trying to figure it out. What I do like to see is I like to see him smiling. I like to see him get a little bit emotional in games. You're starting to see him give him the pump. He did the Hulk pose there, I think, after uh, scoring a goal. You know what? I like to see that come out in a young player because what that tells me is he's feeling it and he's having a good time out there. Uh, it's, it's a grueling task as a young player to try and find your way in this league. It's the hardest league in the world for a reason. And listen, he's still a young player. I don't, I mean, I'm not, you know, going to put any judgment on him just yet as far as what I think he can be in the future. But if those things start to come together, uh, there's no question he can be a 20 plus goal scorer, potentially a 30 goal scorer. In this league. There's no question to me. The question is, can he play a solid, 200-foot game as well, too, because now that's what we're seeing now in this game. You can't just be a one-dimensional person. You have to go out there and play in all aspects of the game. And you know what? For his part, I do like some of the things I see away from it. When he does decide to work, he's a hard guy to play against. All righty. I'm going to – this is getting funny now. Uh, Topher has texted in the show, Bob, I think some guys are trolling you. You should cut pool party a little bit of slack, and you've been a little hard on Drake this year. But I love the show. Keep up the great work. I'll tell you what happened, uh, Louie. Spectre and myself on Tuesday were talking about uh, Yassi, and I, I said there, there's no question he works hard enough off the ice and all those other things. And, and I'm the one that thinks – you know, I, 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 I've had the audacity to suggest that he is ahead – 
of where Blake Wheeler is at the same age. Blake Wheeler, when he was 19, was playing on the third line at the University of Minnesota. He was a fifth overall pick. And Blake Wheeler now is a great player. But no one saw him as a great player two, three, even four years into his NHL career. And that's after he came out of college. And I look at Pugliarvi, and for me, it's his read and react game, uh, his, his ability, as you mentioned, to process the game. But they have to be patient uh, with him. Just in terms of the uh, bridge number for uh, dry, or for uh, Nurse, I mean, if you could get him, say, uh, two years at 2.75 to 3.25 million on a two year deal. I think that would be fair and uh, would work out, uh, uh, you know, would work out for him. Um, and, you know, one, yeah. of, one of the things that one of the things I want to touch on that you talked about, we've talked about Poyarvi as well. If you remember Leon Dreisaitl four years ago when he came into the league, you know, would you have thought that he was going to have the step in a season that he had coming in the next year and then two years have? A seventy-plus point year. Uh, I was I mean, pretty. I, bull, I was pretty bullish on dry settle. You knew. You that. know, and here's here's the thing. Like, so when you're pushing yourself physically to the max, and I and I and I think yes, he fits right into this uh, because I've experienced it. I know what it was like. My first year in the league, I felt like a fish out of water. It was everything I could do to keep up in the in the practice drills, let alone the games. That's how fast the game was. And so when you're pushing yourself to that limit every single day. It's really hard for the mind to catch up. It really is. They're just not in sync. I think what we're starting to see now with Yessi, and we certainly have seen it with Dreisaitl, when the body and the physical starts to catch up and you feel comfortable, the confidence starts to come with the mind to do more things. And you start to process the game faster because now you're at the speed that you're supposed to be at. I don't think Yessi's completely there yet, but we're seeing flashes of it where when he's moving his feet and he has the flow in the game, those are the games that he has the best games. Those are the games where he makes plays, he's reading the plays, he's processing it, and he's getting himself into dangerous areas. That's all going to be part of the process for him. But you have to you have to build up that physical part of it first. And when I say the physical parts, not necessarily being stronger because he's a, he's he's an ox out there. I'm talking about the quickness you can play the game at, and that's just not feet. That's hands. You see him bobble pucks sometimes, and you see him lose some pucks because he's just trying to do things at a pace that he's never done in that before. Once he gets that down, which I do believe he will, all of a sudden you start to make those plays. And you look like you're more of a polished player. That's why when we look at veteran players on the ice, we say, hey, these guys, they don't even look like they're trying out there to skate that fast. They don't even, it's, it's just what they do. They make it look so fluent and so smooth, whereas younger players look like they're fighting it all the time if they don't have that speed to begin with. And I would say even Connor McDavid, you know, early in his early in his career, I mean, he had the feet going 900 miles an hour, his hands are fast. He didn't he looks even smoother and more poised now, yet he's going faster because he's just learned to do it at that speed now even more. He got it very quickly. There's no question. I mean, one of the best players we've ever seen step into the National Hockey League, you know, from a young perspective. And you know, for Poyarvi, it's taking just a little bit more time, but you're starting to see it. You're starting to see that smoothness to his game come, and, and that's not taking the foot off the gas. That's just being more comfortable at doing things that fast. Louis, terrific points by you. Final question. We'll make it quick. We only have about 30 seconds. The text comes in saying, Bob, right now, uh, Matthew Kachuk is better than Yessa. Can Yessa grow into be a better player than Tuchuk? That's the question for me, says the texter. That's a great point because they're to me they're opposite, right? I mean, you got a guy. Yeah, they're completely Kachuk. different players. They are right. They're not even and, the same players. I love what Kachuk does. I mean, the guy's yeah. thorn in yeah. his side. The guy comes to battle every night. 
he's in the mix all the time. Yes, he isn't that type of a player. Um, so you're comparing apples to oranges. You really are. I don't. I don't. You know. Listen. And different. And Louis, different. Um, different upbringings as well, right? Now, do I could could Jesse Pulleyarby produce offensively as much as Matthew Kachuk? Absolutely, I think he can. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. Super stuff. Hey, Louis. Thanks for which which game you got this weekend? I've got uh, the Oilers versus Los oh. Angeles. Oh yeah. Well, I'll see you there. Sounds good. I will see you at the rink. There you go. 12.57 in Edmonton. Bob Stopper with you. That is Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. This is what it is now. Uh, what am I going to do here? Man, i gotta, well, I got to get caught up on some stuff. So let's start selling right here. You know what? I can't. Look at that. That is unbelievable. Yes, I can. Uh, the computer jam for a second. Here we go. Do want to tell you we got a hockey road trip this fall to Germany and Sweden. You can join Oilers now and New West travel to Europe in October to see the Oilers play uh, against New Jersey in the regular season Little Lifter next year in uh, Gothenburg, Sweden. Your New West travel package includes flights, hotels, game tickets, and welcome, recep- uh, welcome receptions. But now, space is limited. Go online at newwesttravel.com and guests on the show like Louis DeBrusque gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Reminder that every Wednesday's date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. When we come back, a lot to get to, including Pontus Aberg, Matt Duchesne, and Trivia. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.